So I'll just share a few, uh, a few thoughts from the Word with you today. Let's turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. So those of us who teach the word of God, we're going to be held accountable for what we teach others. If we hold to the truth of God's word and it helps people, then we will be rewarded and we will have a part in their success. If we lead them astray, then we're going to be held responsible. Verse 2, for we stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Now that perfect doesn't mean flawless, like you never make a mistake. It means fully developed and mature. Anyone who does not stumble in word is a mature, fully developed man, able also to bridle the whole body. This tells us if you can control your words, you can control your entire body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. James compares our words to a little match or a cigarette butt that may look and seem insignificant, but they're capable of setting into motion destructive forces in your life. Just like a match, a little tiny match, can destroy an entire forest. He's saying your words have the power to set into motion destructive forces in your life. In the same way a bit in the horse's mouth directs it wherever you want to go, your words direct the course of your life. Like a small rudder that can turn a huge ocean liner, so your words can turn your life for good or for bad. If he were writing this in modern times, he would probably use the steering wheel on the car as an example. He would say your words are like the steering wheel on the car that you steer the car with. And the tongue is a fire, verse 6, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Hell can inspire your tongue and start something that becomes a raging, destructive force in your life. And if hell can inspire your words to produce something destructive in your life, can heaven inspire your words to produce blessing and good health and increase in your life? Yes. Verse 7, 
For every kind of beast and bird, a reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now he's not saying that you can't control your tongue. He's saying you can't control somebody else's tongue. I can't control your tongue. You can't control mine. But I can control mine and you can control yours. Verse 9. With what with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Uh, blessing is the is an empowerment by God to uh, multiply, to increase, to succeed. That's what we just prayed over Ben and Abigail. Uh, blessing them, empowering them with God's ability to increase, multiply, and succeed. Cursing is not just referring to profanity. It's, it's, it's speaking about damning something, damning some to failure, damning something to defeat, decrease in death. And it should not be that we're talking blessing and cursing. Saying what the Word says one minute, talking about the problem the next minute. Talking victory, then talking failure. We need to cut off one side of this. Which side do you think we need to cut off? We need to cut off the cursing side, don't we? That's where we tend to lean to. Do you know why we tend to lean that direction? Because the whole world out there is going in, in a negative downstream spiral toward death. And we're surrounded. The atmosphere is permeated with doubt and unbelief and fear and, and, and demonic spiritual forces. That's what we have to combat. Verse 11. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? What's the answer to this question? No. No, they can't. Uh, a spring or fountain, it always produces fresh water, or it always produces salt water. It doesn't produce fresh water one day, and you come back the next day, and it's producing salt water. A fig doesn't produce fig tree, figs one day and produce olives the next day. No, we need to cut out the bad and speak only the good. Now let's turn to Proverbs 18. Along this line, Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. We should only be speaking increase. Now the contemporary English version says, Make your words good, you will be glad you did. The Good News translation says, You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. So many people in the world today, they know so little about God, or they don't know God at all. 
And on the other hand, you got people who are, who are born again. They love God, but they have not been taught about the principles of faith and how it works. And millions of people, saved and unsaved, are talking the problems and decrease. And God needs somebody to speak blessing and increase. And that's us. Amen? So what does blessing sound like? Let's say this together. God is good. Our best days are ahead of us. God has a wonderful plan for our lives. He's ordering our steps. Our path is getting brighter and brighter. I'm getting stronger, not weaker. I'm getting smarter, not dumber. Amen. So this is one of the most powerful principles God has put at our disposal to bring blessing into our lives. The Bible is very simple. The problem is the Word of God has been pushed aside. And a form of Christianity, which is actually religious man-made ideas, has complicated the Bible and replaced the Word of God. The devil needs access to your mind and your mouth in order to get access to your life. He cannot just come in your life and do anything he wants to do. And guess what? Neither can God. God can't just come in your life and do anything he wants to do. He needs your words and your faith in order to get access to your life. Now, somebody might say, well, can't God see I need this? Can't he see the situation needs to be changed? Why doesn't he just do it? Because God has not set it up that way. He has not set it up that he is in control of everything. He has not set it up that way. God is not a dictator. And he will not override what people say and believe. In his love, he has set it up that every individual has a free will to choose their words, and to choose what they believe. God listens to what you say and what you believe in order to get things done in your life and in the earth. So God needs our words to bring health and blessing and life. Will you be tempted to talk the problem over and over? Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> you will be tempted to talk about the problem, talk about the sickness, talk about the lack, because there are demonic, unseen spiritual forces at work in the earth. At work in the earth. They put pressure on you to say what you feel, of what you fear, in order to establish it in your life. So, so these spiritual unseen forces are working on you. They're working on you to try to get you to speak words that he can then bring destruction into your life. And he does it in a way that's deceitful and deceptive. You don't say something and 15 minutes later it comes to pass. That would be so obvious, you would soon make the connection between what you said and what just happened. No, he follows you around for years 
and he listens to what you say, and, and he takes note of it. And, and after, you know, two or three years of this, these things begin to come to pass in your life, and now you've totally forgotten that they're connected to what you've been saying. This is the way he operates by deception. If everybody yielded to God, the earth would be a very different place from what we see today. If nobody ever yield to the devil, the, world, the earth would be a very different place from what we see today. So where does increase begin? With your lips, in your mouth. Uh, increase and reward don't come from hard work alone. There are hardworking people who love God and they never manage to get ahead because they're undermining their hard work by saying the wrong things. The pound is going down. The government won't do so and so. I'll probably be the first one made redundant. Sound familiar? This is death and cursing. In Matthew 12, 36, Jesus picked up on this same principle. But I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, idle words refer to unproductive, lazy, uh, unprofitable, anything, anything you say that works against you and not for you. Verse uh, 21 of Proverbs 19 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat its fruit. How important is it that we are selective in the words that we choose? This scripture answers that question. It's the difference between life and death. The New Century Version says, what you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. The Voice Translation says, words have power in matters of life and death. So when people say, it doesn't matter what I say, what could be more important than this? Well, I just believe the Lord's uh, ways are mysterious, and I believe the Lord will give me what he wants me to have. Well, the problem is uh, people are believing something other than the word of God, and they believe that whatever happens in their life, it's all up to God. You might say, well, then how do I talk about something without saying the wrong thing? Just change the way you say it. Put it in your past. Uh, I don't care if you had pain 30 minutes ago. Instead of saying, I get migraines, say, I have had migraines. You're putting it in your past. You're not projecting it out into your future. I'm allergic to seafood. I break out in a rash. You're establishing these things in your life. If you say, 
I have had allergies to seafood in the past. It's not going to affect your future. Watch out for these phrases. My arthritis. My Crohn's disease. My depression. I can't tolerate so-and-so. It always does something to me. Watch out for these phrases. You're planning on it, and you're establishing it in your life. If we believe the Bible, we've got to stop releasing death, pain, old, fear, and failure by what we say. And if you will begin to correct yourself in public, in front of other people, you will, you will become much more aware of this very quickly. <laughs> if you'll start doing it in public, in front of other people, and as soon as you realize you just said something that you, didn't, you don't want to come to pass, you just rephrase it and say, no, I didn't mean that. This is what I meant. Just, just rephrase it and uh, say, no, I'm, I didn't mean that. Uh, you know, let me rephrase it. And you'll begin to see things in your life turn around. To most people, words are only a means of communication and expressing what they think and what they feel. According to the Bible, that is not true. And there are many other scriptures that, that support this. We're only just looking at a couple of scriptures today. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. How do you choose life? By choosing words that are inspired by heaven to bring blessing and good and health and increase into your life. What if you said, uh, my business is increasing. New buyers are coming to me. God's promoting me. I'm recovering. I'm getting better. Things will begin to turn around. Why would anyone want to damn their health? Why would anyone want to damn and destroy their business or their livelihood with the words of their mouth? Proverbs 6, 2 tells us why. Thou art snared by the words of your mouth. Thou art snared by the words of your mouth. People say what they have, and they keep having what they say. When the Word of God reveals something different from what you and I have previously been taught or believed, it's time to let it go. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It's time to cut off the words that are steering our lives in the wrong direction. And it's time to start speaking words of life and blessing and increase. So let's say this together. Father, forgive me for using my words foolishly. Idly 
lazily, lazily. not believing and doing what you said, concerning my mouth. I ask you to set a watch at the door of my mouth. Alert me so that I don't say wrong things. Remind me and show me what to say and how to say it all through the day and night. I purpose not to ignore it, but to receive it and do it. And honor you with my words. Amen. So we're going to start this right now. Before you leave this room, when you go out for the rest of the day, tomorrow, the day after, speak blessing over your life. Speak blessing over your kids and your grandkids. Tell them how smart God is making them. Tell them how strong they are. Speak blessing over your business and over your body and your bank account and your job. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, I preach myself happy. Hallelujah. Amen. I need, I need to hear that too. I need to hear it too. Because I, I am surrounded by that junk out there as well. So I, I have to stay on top of it too. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings today. So let's turn to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. 